0: ever heard a joke and wondered, did that really happen? My name's Neil McKay, host of a Vietnam podcast and a comedian. Long before I ever started comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest stories, I would always wonder just this. And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask them straight away, did that really happen? Nine times out of ten, the answer was Yes. But the difference between sharing a funny story with friends and telling it on stage is a comedian's ability to take those moments and craft them into a well-worked joke. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of their favourite jokes, then ask them, did that really happen? My guest today is Paul Villanova, an Australian who sold out shows in Hanoi, performed all over Vietnam, in Hanoi, the and Saigon, and was lucky enough to be part of Comedy Oi, Vietnam's first comedy festival. This weekend, on June 5th, he's playing one night in Saigon, Paul Villanova, at Eddie's Diner with 7 million bikes. So hopefully you can join us there. Let's hear his joke. And,
1: and she works on these really, really rich people's yachts around the world. It's funny, like, you think about really, really wealthy people, and you, it's a shame that just because you yeah, have wealth doesn't make you like a good person, right? And it can sort of make, make you like weird friends, right? right. So, so through, through my sister being on, on, on the yacht, she's met some, i gonna named three really famous people, right? F- levels of fame, right? And, and I want you guys to cheer for how famous you think they are, okay? So, so here's the first one. She, she's met Roman Abramovich's ex-wife. <laughs> sort of famous, right? Sort of famous. Okay, no idea. <laughs> all, right, all right, this next one, this know. One, she's met Bill Murray, correct? Bill Murray's pretty cool. Fuck yeah, I love me some Bill Murray, it's great. And uh, the other person that she's met, who's famous, is uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh. Yeah, like I said, rich people uh, don't, don't, sometimes don't have great friends. It's funny, so she was telling me, she was was uh, okay. in uh, Africa, and uh, one of the dogs on board, that's like four dogs, one of the dogs goes missing at night. And in the morning, they just find some like, pieces of it, like something's got a or something. Or something and, uh, and the crew gets it, and then tell the boss, and the boss is like, oh, okay, just uh, put it in a box. It's weird that, shit, that he doesn't care about his dog dying, right? Like, it's weird. But then the thing that really doesn't care Because that dog is a clone, as is the other dog on board, as is the other dog on board. All four dogs are clones of a dog. Fucking insane to me. How much do you think it costs to clone a dog in the in the US? This research. This is a fun Google search. And it was about fifty thousand US dollars to clone one pooch, right? Which is, which is. (laughs) <laughs> so you start clutching.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> seriously. I mean, some people spend $1,000 a lot How many of did you clone? All right, all right. There's, a, there's a caveat, though. There's a caveat. And the caveat is it only works about 30% of the time. So, so to clone four dogs, it's, like, most likely over $500,000 U.S insane. I, I, I think it's like the ultimate rich guy flex like, to like spend that sort of money on something so ridiculous, right? I like to imagine uh that the owner with the fine dog, he's there, he's hanging out with one of his buddies, another wealthy guy. Let's say he's not as bad a person as Harvey Weinstein. So that's a pretty 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 bold statement. Like he's hanging out with him and his buddies like, oh I have these I have these gold and diamond encrusted rims on my Lamborghini that are worth more than my Lamborghini.
0: It's
1: pretty cool, it's pretty cool. And the dog goes like, well. I have clone dogs on my super yacht, worth more than my yacht. That's, fucking, that's a rich guy flex right there. So, Paul, did that really happen? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, no, it, it did happen of sorts, and then I had some stuff, but yeah, it's an amalgamation of stuff as well. But yeah, it did happen.
0: Well, so that, I mean, and this is what we've talked about repeatedly, obviously, on the podcast, and that's what I love about jokes, is that what you just used there, amalgamation, right? Because even, so I don't know your answer to this question, I assumed, to be honest, listening to your joke, I assumed it was 100% true, and you were just telling the story verbatim. So I always find it really interesting that then you're like, well, yeah, it's true, but like kind of true, so... Explain about the joke. what happened, what didn't happen. How did you put it together?
1: Yeah. Like, um, uh, my sister does, does, she does work on these yachts and stuff and she, she does it that it's, it was, she told me this story and I could not believe it. What she told me, like, I thought it was hilarious. And then I told my friends and then I'm like, oh, like I thought it'd be funny to tell as like a joke. And I thought I like other sort of tags and bits on top of it. And then I was like, oh. I felt like I needed to talk to her and, and, and finalize some stuff as well, because she signed like an NDA to, to work on those, on those yachts. And then in work environment, you just sign like NDAs, like, so you can't disclose information about all these rich people. So I'm like, oh, it's not like playing this really famous or anything. And people are going to hear about these people. But like, I changed some like minor details about like locations and stuff like that. So that, yeah, it's not. I don't know. I don't want to get sued. The funny thing is like, this is so she's, she's had this career working on these yachts for, for 12, 14 years. And she's met like lots of people basically, through this and, and bits and pieces like that. And uh, when she told me about the clone dogs thing, I just, yeah, just seemed like a crazy amount of money to spend on something that could die like any second. But yeah, I don't know. It's very weird to me as well.
0: I didn't even know that that was possible. Like, obviously, I know, like, I'm in Scotland. We cloned Dolly the sheep there. So I know cloning animals is mm-hmm. possible, but I didn't know it was, like, a commercial thing that you could do it. And after I listened to your joke, I had to Google it as well to see, like, because you're saying the joke, it cost $50,000. So I Googled it as so well. I was like, is that really true? And, yeah, absolutely, like, $50,000 to clone a dog.
1: yeah, yeah. <sighs> It's, it's 50,000. And then, like I said, the joke, it only works like 30% of the time. So like for, for to get one clone dog, you might very reasonably spend $150,000, which, which is just, just insane. The, the, the best part about all the dog stuff is basically since that happened like this, I, I, that would have happened when she told me like 12 to 15 months ago, since that happened, he replaced the dog with another clone. Like the one that oh died <laughs> <laughs> so just in perpetuity going to be like that. But yeah. My sister says that he's quite, he's quite rude and impersonal. I don't, know, I think he's been a wealthy guy who hasn't ever had to like be nice to people and or ne- never been, been brought up with that, that way in terms of like for the staff. It's like, you work for me, you do this. Like there's never any like polite chat with the, with the big boss, but he's really passionate and loving and caring when he's around his dogs. But I don't know because did you ever hear that uh, Barbara Streisand cloned her dog? No, we're so hearing that like years ago. So I remember hearing that years ago and like hearing jokes about that. Like I'm talking 10, 10 plus years ago, but yeah, I, I love the way that the, what I told it the last time that people started arguing with me in the crowd about how much it costs. It's like, well, I, I guess that is true. It does, doesn't seem like a lot or it does, but. I mean, if just, you're a just a dog pits anyway, right?
0: If you're a billionaire, I mean, 50,000 is just chump change, right? It really is nothing. It just, you can't fathom like when you have that much money, how a year's yeah. salary to someone is literally like, if it fell out your pocket, you wouldn't even notice it. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that thing. I don't know if you ever watched the The Last Dance, the the Michael Jordan uh Chicago Bulls documentary. There's too much good TV.
0: It's like it's one of these things I want to watch. <laughs> like I just don't have enough hours in the day to watch all these amazing TV shows that come out. Look at all the YouTube content that people make and TikTok and splat Oh my goodness, you're
1: drowning in good content. Anyway, yeah, go on. The, the, my, my basic point is that the, the media at one point was going on about how that Michael Jordan has a gambling problem and all this sort of stuff like that. And he's going to casinos and he's spending like 200 grand in a night, 400 grand, something like something like that, right? And people are like, oh, that's crazy. You're blowing all your money and it this sort of stuff. He was earning like 40, 50 million uh, uh, a year, like between on court, on court, uh, like uh, my money and off-court money from uh, yeah. sponsorship and stuff. So, legit, it's chump change. So, like, it, it's like, oh, I'm going to go out and have a fun night. I'm going to spend this amount of money. It's it's nothing to me. And, yeah. and it really is, like, you know, you're, not, you're never going to hear any stories about Michael Jordan going broke. Like, like that's never going to happen. <laughs> Boy, um, but, you know, it's all relative.
0: He right? still gets money from sponsorship I, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, well, like, because like basically, there's Jordan Brand for like yeah. in, in the basketball world, which is huge. I still think he's in the top ten for revenue for athletes, even though wow. he he literally retired in 4 <laughs> Well, just um, googled a couple of things as well. So, did you realize it's if you're
0: not uh, in the billionaire category, you could still clone your cat for just thirty thousand dollars. So it's a bit cheaper. But if you have a horse that you have an affinity
1: for, you can own your horse for $85,000. Yeah, that's that's not hard at all, but it's crazy. There is a, I'm going to do research for it. So there is this like, what was this like famous sort of celebrity bull, right? So it's from Texas and it was famous. For, it was a big, I think it was a big Brahma bull from memory. So it had these big massive horns. I would have weighed like a ton, like huge bull. But it had a really, really placid temperament. So basically that the owner would take it around and um people would t- take photos with it and we take go to go to these shows and people would take photos with it and people would sit on it and kids would sit on it. Like there was something where like it had photos with prior to, I think both both Bush presidents took photos with, I think, Clinton as well. Like it was a celebrity bull. Anyway, the the bull got a got got given like a uh, terminal terminal diagnosis with like a cancer or something like that. And uh, the, the, the owners of the bull like really, really loved the bull. So they're like, oh, I'm going to see if I can uh, get get it cloned. There was a university that was close to them that, that had done work on the bull before, like the veterinary part there. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll clone the bull. So they clone the bull and the bull perishes. And then they, they get the clone and they're like, yeah, I must remember that the, this cloned bull is not going to be, have the same temperament, right? It's, it's a clone, it's it like a temperament and, and behavior is like product of your environment and other stuff. But it, it grew up and the bull looked exactly the same and, and, and the, the owners are like, oh, it is the same bull. It, it's, we love the bull, it's, it's back. And then the bull gored the owner, like <laughs> through, through his leg oh, and yeah, like, and then the, that bull ended up living, only living for like six, seven years, whereas the other mm-hmm. one I was like 30 or something. But yeah, crazy clone <laughs> stories, man. <laughs> man. I think you're going to
0: add that to the jewel. That's brilliant. I was like waiting for that. Then I was like, did it, what, happened? what did the bull do? What did the bull do? That's a, that's a great add-on. And I just Googled it up, Googled it there as well. Barbara Streisand cloned her dog twice. She made two clones for one dog.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Super Just as you said. I wonder how much
1: yeah well isn't it like a thing that how much genetic material we have is going to diminish like so the quality of the clone like you can't get a clone from a clone without it being as as good a quality and then the, the quality of life and the, the life expectancy goes down. I'm not an expert like, in genetics, so yeah. oh. I'm, I'm not too sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but come but on. We're we're guys, you guys invented cloning. I <laughs>
0: know, <Yeah>, right. <laughs> but with the, the one that Bob was talking, it wasn't a clone of a clone. She, when the one dog died, she made two clones from the one dog, from the original dog. Yeah. She, yeah. Anyway, moving on from clones. So, Tell was a bit more about it's a bit more about your comedy in general like what what kind of how would you describe yourself as a comedian how do you come up with your jokes we've talked about it before as well are you are you a comedian who sits down and like writes jokes do you find some spare time and sit down and think of jokes and write them or do you just think uh, well, the, the things happen and then you take that foot on stage what's your style
1: yeah i'm i'm more of a more of a storyteller i think when i first started i i definitely wanted to tell stories because i was terrified of like losing my place so i would I would would tell stories and then I was like, well, if I forget like the jokes, I can just tell the story. So yeah, I've like lots of different stories about all sorts of things. Most of the time, like I'll forget about, oh, I, the, at the most time I think of some, a joke or I think of something is when I'm riding a bike, (laughs) which is the worst time to think of something. It's so, not like I'm going to pull over and like write it down. In the no, the road.
0: exact same. I just had this conversation with someone. I think it was a Damien on the weekend or just last week. I'm the exact same. Most of the material I think of was when I'm riding on the bike, I've nothing else to think about. Maybe I see something or I'm thinking about something. And But you're right. Sometimes then I forget it. I get to my destination and I'm like, what was that joke again I had? What, what? And I have to like sit and think. So yeah, you have to make a real effort to make sure like don't forget what you just thought of.
1: Yeah, but I know that's like a, it's a weird sort of good filtering process though. Cause in theory, if it's, if it's good enough for you to remember, but it's good enough for you to like, to try to write down. And then it's funny. It's like it has, have the bike filter on my jokes. And then I know you tell, you write stuff down and it's like the rule of 10 applies a lot, right? Like, or like one thing in 10 will will work. (laughs) I hadn't even held that before. Does that, right? Have you heard that? So you write down ten jokes, and one of them will be good. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's like murdering your babies. It's it's and it's sometimes the the jokes, like you you you'll tell them and it'll go nowhere, or like that mm. you you'll tell a story, and people will really laugh and think it's funny, but that's because they know you or they know elements and the story and could connect really well, mm. but like, I've, I've told stories about playing football in Australia to like Dutch friends here. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> There's just, just like no connective tissue. I, I talking about the joke. So I got this other bit that I put on the joke that I sort of cut out of the of the bit that I say you, where I would talk about uh rich guy's flexing. But I know I, I wrote wrote it and I put references in that. Like I did like sort of three levels of that and I put like three, three like sort of common references, of, like billionaires. Like about what what's what's like the ultimate rich guy flex? And it's like going to space, right? And then mm-hmm. I basically I had references about Elon Musk, Richard Branson, and Jeff Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. And like took two of those three are really famous globally. And then Branson is so, such so much more of a British thing. So like i remember telling that joke and there being like two british people on, on in the crowd and like one of them laughed and i'm like, oh. like <laughs> so i basically made a joke about it. richard branson was done fucking over the nhs so he's gonna go to space and take someone who can't afford their healthcare with him which i don't i think i think that's funny but it's a, making a British healthcare joke. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It yeah. I guess it's really different. I mean, obviously we're both not from Vietnam, but performing in Vietnam. So most of our audiences are inherently very international, like it's just people from all over the world and Vietnam. So yeah, you, you've well, I've, I've not thought about that too much, but yeah, you do really have to make sure your jokes appeal to the broader audience, right? Because I have seen one comedian perform in Saigon one time and he's and he was British and his jokes were just all British. And even I didn't really find them that funny. And I was like, who is he telling these jokes to? Like this audience are not like British. Like they won't get the references. And he did his whole set. It was as if he was performing in like a, a club in the UK, like a, a local working men's club or something, yeah. or something like that. And I was like, I didn't yeah. think I was got to think these things through a bit more, right? But I've got I got one joke where the punchline is only and i know before i do it it's only applies to english people like they're the only people that would understand why i've made this joke but i still do it because i only do it when i start to have a conversation on stage with an english person and then i tell the punchline which is all about that they don't accept scottish money in england see i don't even know if you knew this when i was growing up when i would go on holiday to england if you gave them mm-hmm. like a scottish banknote, they would they would refuse it they would say Leon oh, no we don't accept this here and so we'd have to go change our money at the bank, yeah. Scottish notes to English notes, even though they're the, the same legal tender in the UK. So anyway, I tell this joke knowing full so well that anyone who's not English and even some of the English might not get it, but I just can't help it. So I do it, Get do the punchline. The English people will generally laugh and then I have to explain it to everyone else, which I know is probably the worst thing you should do in comedy is then have to explain your joke. But... Yeah. I do, I do it anyway because I know that at least I do it because I know that they don't understand it. So then at least I'm in on the joke and not just like saying a punchline that two people get.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I think because I've done so, like, I've done I performed outside of Vietnam like once or oh, twice, twice. I performed twice like when I was real fresh starting comedy in Australia. And I just wonder now if I've got lots of jokes that are like so Vietnam centric they weren't working up the in other environments mm-hmm. like i've got like this joke i made this joke about like the black police in vietnam right and it's like oh and by black police i mean like the police who wear black like because they're the ones you need to watch out for and like all vietnam like most most westerners would know that they're like the um uh, they're like the swat like they're the badass cops but but all the most vietnamese I, i'm get like lots of nods and, uh, and, and 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 stuff like that, but I'm like that 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 joke will never work out of Vietnam. Like, <laughs> it's just it's so local-centric. Well, the first
0: time I I performed in Scotland when I went home at an open mic, and one of my probably like most popular, best received jokes is when I talk about going back. What well, I I do it in Vietnam where I talk about going back to Scotland and having a reverse culture show. and then the policeman stopping me in the street for drinking a beer in the street. So I offer him my dong because I'm used to living in Vietnam. And, and then there's a punchline all around that and stuff. And so when I did that in Scotland, all I added, I was like, wait, is this going to work or not? So all I added was at the beginning, does anyone know what the currency is in Vietnam? And sure enough, a couple of people had been, they were like dong, which people find funny enough right away, right? So already the audiences are laughing at that, whether they knew it or not. Then told the joke and it still got a massive laugh. So I was like, That's amazing. It works over here. And then last week I was in Thailand and I basically cut out all my Vietnam jokes and just had other jokes based on Scotland and being a teacher, Mm -hmm. things like this. But then one of the other comedians got up and he was listing all these things. Oh, he was talking about the joke was that in Thailand, they take wearing masks like really seriously. Again, similar to here. And he was like, I wish they took it as seriously as uh, like waiting for someone to get in the list or... (laughs) <laughs> and like a whole bunch I kind of like a whole bunch of other things and as he was listing these things off I was looking at and I'm like this all happens in Vietnam as well and I was like it is the same here because there was a lot of these things I was like I could have used jokes for but I was like I didn't know if they were going to translate the same but it's like it is the same
1: yeah I know it's if you're making like like was it sort of like cultural observation jokes right what, what's the line between that being oh that's just in this country to that being like oh all Asian countries or like, oh, like you're like, wait, is that like a weird form of racism? It's just the shoe that, like, oh, they have bang everywhere in Asia. No, no, of course they fucking don't. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's I mean, like I mean, a the, weird line about that, right?
0: Yeah, and the getting in another lift thing is like infuriating here. And I, I, had it last week where I was in the lift, and a girl walked in the lift before even letting me out. Like, walked. I was like, why? Why would you not let me out of the lift? Not just like not just was, like standing there and blocking the entrance. She walked in, looked at me, walked in, and I was like, I, "What is going on here?" Like anyway, but I didn't know that that happened in other countries in Asia as well. So I wasn't going to make like a joke about that. For, like as you say, for an example, and you don't want to do that. You kind of yeah. I, <laughs> kind, I, kind I of think that's season. the crowding
1: the- and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or well, it, it's the sort of stuff that maybe if you were at, at, a, at a pub back in <laughs> back home working at some working men's pub, you probably could do that. And then people would laugh at the racist part of it. And you're like, wait, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not the point.
0: Well, listen, uh, thank you so much, Paul. This has been a long time coming. Now, for anyone listening, if you are here in Saigon, we have a big show coming up on Sunday, June 5th. Called One Night in Saigon, Paul Villanova. Tell us about the show coming up. We're partnering with that uh, with myself, David Million Bikes, and we're gonna be hosting it at the Eddie's Day in D2. Tell people about the show, what's happening?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. It's that like for first time on a headline show with Saigon, which is very exciting for me. So I'm I'm doing that, I'll be doing like a I 20-30-minute search It'll be some fun, hearing more of my stories. I do I do have a song I'm gonna sing about Grab. Well, I sort of sing, I just, I'm there, I'm, I'm talking and it's got some other, other great comics. So i very proud to say I've performed with the other comics multiple times now, I think. Wanya West, love Wanya West. He's a, he's a legend. Just don't tell him that I said that. Uh-huh. And of course, Ankita. Ankita is amazing. I love Ankita. And she's, she's going to do big comedy things this year, traveling around the world. It's awesome. Awesome sweet and And, then you're you're gonna be there as well right
0: i was gonna say yeah and you got myself hosting as well so if you want to come to that i'll put the link in the show notes to buy tickets if you've not if it's not too late right now this episode is going to be going out on the 35th 31st the 31st of may and the show is going to be on sunday june 5th so if you're listening to this before june 5th get your tickets the link is in the notes of this podcast so paul Awesome. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day and I will see you soon for one night in Saigon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Neil.
0: Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Did That Really Happen? A new podcast from 7 Million Bikes. I've been your host, Neil McKay. If you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true, then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 Million Bikes on social media. The links are in the show notes. Cheers.